0: I'm doing things a little bit differently this week because I am um, currently in bed (laughs) recording this. Um, I've just had a a bit of a sinus infection for the last couple weeks and um, yes, you guys will just have to bear with me. I know my voice doesn't sound quite right. I actually feel not too bad. Um, I just don't sound like myself. But I could not miss this week's episode because this one is very, very important and it's been on my heart for a a while now ever since the new year rolled around I knew I wanted to talk about this specific milestone on a podcast and explain what it means and why it's so important to me Welcome to the Voted Least Likely Podcast. I am your host, Leah Yard. I'm a high school dropout who accidentally became an entrepreneur. After spending over a decade working minimum wage jobs, having a complete mental breakdown and losing all confidence in myself, I somehow started a successful jewelry company. I am the least likely person to have ended up in the fashion industry, the least likely person to have overcome crippling anxiety, and the least likely person to have ever had the confidence to share my story. And I know if you are here, you've likely felt something similar. This piece of internet real estate is a place for us to share how we overcame our own obstacles and found a place to thrive, even if it was the last place we ever thought we would end up. We are talking all things related to failure with a little sense of humour on the side. It's time to expose the narratives we tell ourselves and the ones the world places on us. This is the Voted Least Likely podcast. In 2013, I registered my jewellery brand, Leah Yard Designs, as a business. I was working... At a retail shop at the time, and I'd always done jewelry on the side, and I just decided to to do it and and go for it. And the wild thing is that I never assumed it would work out. I honestly thought I would fail. I was I was told I would fail, and I, I there was no evidence in my life to prove that this was a good idea. I couldn't find anybody in my immediate family or. <laughs> <laughs> anything that thought it was a good idea, but I just had to try. And because I had been working entry-level jobs, it's not like I was coming from a specific career path that I was sacrificing. I mean, if this jewelry thing didn't work out, I could always go back and get an entry-level job. So 2013, I officially registered Leah Yard Designs as a business. It's been a decade. And I wanted to go through the 10 things I have learned about building my business over the last 10 years because a lot of it is not what I thought it would be. And I think people would be surprised to hear some of these lessons. So, the first one is that everybody's journey is so vastly different. Part of me is incredibly embarrassed that it's taken me 10 years to reach the level I'm at. I'm still a very small brand. I just applied to something this week, and it was embarrassing to apply for it because, you know, you have to say how long you've been in business. And then I write out all of the accomplishments that I've had, and some are really great. But for somebody who doesn't know me and doesn't know my story it it looks pretty bad on paper right so it's it's embarrassing I'm not um I'm not a huge brand I don't have a gigantic social media following a big team I'm not stocked in a lot of my dream retailers yet so it's it's not what I thought it would be at this point but a huge lesson I have learned is that there is no blueprint And everyone has a different starting point. Because, yes, it's taken me a long time to get where I am. And I've been told this a lot. (laughs) I was once scoffed at by an agency in L.A. because I was so far behind. And I get it. I am technically behind. But it's just because if I was to have followed an appropriate business plan, then I would... Really be able to say I'm very behind, and I likely should have given up a while ago at the rate I'm going. But the reason I didn't and haven't yet is this 10 years ago, I registered my business and started this journey. But 12 years ago, I was bedridden after having a mental breakdown. My body had started to completely malfunction. I couldn't see out of my left eye because I had a facial twitch that was so violent I lost sight when it was happening. I would shake, I had a rash, I was deeply depressed, and I couldn't work for 10 months. So, two years later, when I registered my business, I was at a very different starting point than someone who was maybe more mentally fit at that point. I am still embarrassed by my progress, but I remind myself of where I started, and how amazed the person I was at 12 years ago would be. So just keep that in mind. Everybody's got different starting points, and there is no blueprint to this. The second thing I've learned is this. It is awkward as fuck. (laughs) Here's what I mean. People who aren't building a business won't get it. People who are building a business who have money or connections won't get it. Your peers probably won't get it. I've made so many incredible friends through my business. I'm so grateful for the community that I have built and the opportunity to meet some of the amazing people I have in my life. But the catch is this. It's awkward because there is a big difference in demographic that I didn't realize. The friends that I've made are either industry experts or or customers that grew into friends. So most are women in their 30s or 40s who have disposable income. They have their shit together. They went to school, worked hard, and got good jobs, and now they're enjoying that, as they should. But that's not where I fit in. I dropped out of high school. I worked entry-level jobs for over a decade and then decided to start a business with no financial backing or support or education or any idea (laughs) on what I was doing. So my financial position is a lot different. Here's an example. When the pandemic hit, my partner and I took up intermittent fasting, not because we Wanted to try it out, but because we honestly couldn't afford three meals a day. And I know that sounds extreme, but that's the point. Building a business can be both community expanding, but it could also be really alienating because sacrifices like that won't make sense to a lot of people. I've never traveled. I've never taken a proper vacation, meaning the longest amount of time I've ever taken off of work is four days. And even that, I'm checking emails and responding to things if I have to. And this is my choice. I chose this life, but it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And it's awkward because you have to say no to things that people won't understand, I've missed a lot of major life milestones because my partner and I are building businesses. So we miss weddings and graduations and baby showers and things like that that we just can't go to because we either can't take time off or we can't afford to get to them. (laughs) But again, that's been our choice and it's just a different season of life. And we still love and support the people in our life and those who do their best to understand love and support us. We just can't always relate on things or take part in the same things. And I have to say no to a lot of people's invitations, which I hate doing, but it is part of the sacrifice. But keep this in mind true friend friendships aren't based on what you can afford, right? So the people who, love and support and accept you will get it to the best that they can and they will support you and they will know what your intentions are. And this ebbs and flows. There are some seasons that are busier than others, sometimes where money is tighter than others. Um, So, you know, it just, it's one of those things that as you're growing it, it's going to ebb and flow. But there is a lot of awkwardness that comes with it that I did not anticipate when I started this. The third lesson I have learned is that nobody has it all figured out. And God, Damn, I wish I knew this one earlier. Nobody has it all figured out. I cannot stress that enough. Everyone is at a different learning point, but no one really knows what the hell they're doing. And it always looks like everybody's got their shit together and that they're building businesses online that are just, you know, one step after the other and it's just growing beautifully and there's been no setbacks. But that's not true at all. Some people are better at faking it. Some people are faster learners. Some people are braver and will start before they're ready. But no one knows what they're doing. And we all start out knowing nothing. Social media causes us to feel behind or inferior all the time but i promise you the winners you see on there have had more failures than successes and it's all about finding people who aren't afraid to talk about the mistakes so you can feel less alone when you're on the journey okay number four building a business is personal development 101 if i could meet myself from 10 years ago we would barely be able to have a conversation. I am vastly different than I was when I started a business. It is the messiest, most heartbreaking, thrilling thing I've ever done. And it makes you face your inadequacies right out the gate. Like you learn stuff about yourself that you maybe didn't want to know so fast. And then you have to just deal with it. I learned what I sucked at right away. And I made the mistake that I didn't address my flaws for a long time. I did try to just ignore it because I couldn't handle it. I was too insecure. I'm deeply insecure about a lot of things in my life, my past, my education, my family, my body, you name it. And it might sound a little crazy, but this all comes up in business. You're going to get triggered. And all the fucking time and you have to figure out your own shit in order to get enough strength to be able to build a business kind of while you're building and working on yourself. I'm still personally working on a ton of stuff and going again going back to the first lesson I feel very behind but my starting point was a rock bottom and I have to remind myself that I'm still making progress and that's all that matters. Some of the mindset shifts I've had to work on personally were around money. This is something I still really struggle with, and it's a huge trigger for me. I've had to undo a lot of limiting money beliefs that were taught in my family, and a lot of us have these. I know my generation especially, we you know, it was that money doesn't grow on trees kind of thing. Um, There are some people in my family that there is just really little in the world that they value more than their money and because of this they hang on to it viciously and their entire life is focused around money and that lacking feeling and if you're around people like that long enough it's contagious like you start to feel that same sense of insecurity and fear around money these kinds of things are really hard to manage when you're building a business because you're suddenly in a position where you're making big financial decisions. And I've made some terrible ones because I had so many limiting beliefs around it. And I just was so out of touch with money. And the wild thing to me is that I used to think I was actually really good with money. But I wasn't, I was just scared of spending money. And there's a big difference, a huge difference, because if you want to grow and build, you need to be investing wisely in your business, yourself, your education, your team, your product, whatever. But you have to learn how to do that in a really smart way and get the most out of it. Just hanging on to every scrap that you have is not what being good with money is about. And so that's something that I've had to really work on in unlearning. Another limiting belief I've had to work on is valuing myself. I was bullied my entire life. Many of you know my story of growing up on an isolated lighthouse island and then moving into society at a vulnerable age and trying to deal with peers and adults and just having zero training on how to do that. I was nine years old before I ever crossed a street by myself or bought something in a store or went to public school kids would talk about the Spice Girls, and I thought it was a cooking show. (laughs) I was just so completely out of the loop on things current and how to socialize. And I had zero training on this. So as you can imagine, I was a weirdo, a very weird, socially awkward, incredibly anxious kid. And I developed some very extreme mental illness because it was just too much to handle too fast. I was so naive and I was always the outcast. I was just so far behind in society that everything was just too overwhelming and new. And so I was taken advantage of. I was really badly bullied and I didn't have much experience of not being bullied. So I continued to allow toxic employers, friends, family to treat me a certain way well into my adult life because I just didn't know any better. And in business, guess what that's bad news you get taken advantage of pretty quickly I was bulldozed and I still am a lot of the time I have triggers and trauma that I still have to work on it's frustrating but my business has helped me learn these things about myself quickly and address them I cringe to think of the person I would have been had I not faced my own bullshit And I cringe even harder to think about the people I would have continued to allow in my life. So learning how to value myself and value what I'm putting into the world has been a huge shift. And again, this is ongoing work. This is something I'm going to have to work on. I'm predicting for the rest of my life. Okay, the fifth thing I have learned, this is is like, oh my god, if I had to tell my younger self something, it would be this. No one is coming to save you. Oh my god, this one kicked me right in the face. Because here's the thing, we've all seen the movies. You remember the Matrix? Remember how Neo was just drifting through his life aimlessly, and then this godlike mentor came into his life and told him he was the one? I mean, what the hell would Neo have done if Morpheus hadn't shown up? So, I kept waiting. I figured, if I'm special enough, I will be discovered. I waited a lot of my fucking life away. Do you know how ridiculous it sounds when I say it out loud? But do you know how many people are doing the exact same thing? I would bet it's in the millions we watch the movies, we're taught to be humble and stay in our lane, and if we are unique and gifted, we will be chosen as the one. But no one is coming. No one is coming to save you. And I'll take it a step further it's no one's responsibility to save you. When I first announced to my family I was starting a business, I expected everyone to rally around and cheer me on and tell me how successful how successful I was going to be and say they would support my dreams because they believe in me and all that. And do you want to know what happened? The opposite happened. <laughs> I was told I would never be successful. I was told, "Don't bother registering for taxes. You're never going to make enough money, so don't worry about that." I was told you should just quit and help your boyfriend with his business because that's going to be successful and that will work. I was told just to choose a different idea. I was told I'd never be successful. And I know that sounds harsh, but it was wildly naive of me to expect anyone to cheer me on. It's not anyone's responsibility to convince you of your dreams. And if you put that power in someone else's hands, you're gonna get burned. I come from a family that doesn't see value in materialistic things. I mean, these are the same people who wanted to live on a lighthouse island where you have to share bathwater with four other people. How could I be surprised that they didn't think starting a jewelry brand is a good idea? It's no one's, not even your own mother's job to convince you your dreams are worth chasing. And I know that's hard, but the sooner you accept it, the sooner you can start pushing yourself because you are the only one who can make you get up after getting kicked down and push through the inevitable failures and heartbreak that come with building something meaningful. Trust me, the person you want on your side is you. This show is sponsored by our very own company, Leah Yard Designs. Leah Yard Designs is a jewellery brand in Vancouver, Canada that specializes in unique, semi-precious pieces. The designs are meant to be mixed and matched to celebrate the wearer. We love fashion juxtapositions, which is why you will usually find me in ripped jeans and a ton of gold jewellery. Our goal is to add glamour to every day. Our most popular design is our Zodiac necklace, which was created to celebrate what makes you uniquely you. 5% of all profits in the jewelry collection are donated to the DEWC, a local charity that helps vulnerable women in Vancouver's downtown East Side. You can learn more and shop the full collection at www.leayarddesigns.com. Okay. Speaking of getting kicked in the face, the sixth thing I have learned, progress isn't linear. This one still hurts. The road to success, I mean, it looks more like a heart rate monitor than it does a nice smooth curve upwards. And it feels more like a fucking downward spiral sometimes. But that's because when you're in it, it's so hard to see the beginning and end points. Every day you go a little forward and a little backwards. Sometimes you get a win that pushes you up and then sometimes a loss that derails you, but you just keep going and eventually those steps add up and you make progress over the long term. Something I have implemented to help with this is tracking my progress, which I was way too late to start doing that. But I now do an annual, quarterly, and weekly check-in. This way I can see tangible results. So even if at the end of, say, the quarter, I don't feel like I've made progress, I can see evidence that there was some. And sometimes it's also just a way to stay accountable, to keep trying and keep taking steps. This is the perfect segue into number seven. Consistency beats talent all day, every day. I recently published an episode about being crippled by perfectionism, which is just procrastination. We all know of someone who is wildly talented, and everything they do is amazing, but they do very little because they have set the bar so high that they'll just put it off and then not complete anything because it might not be perfect. I've published episodes of this podcast that I'm not exactly proud of, but my goal is to never miss a week, and so far, I haven't. And every time I publish one, even if it isn't my best, I'm gaining practice, exposure, and experience. And if you stack enough of those together, you will get great. Eventually, I'll be good at this as long as I keep at this. I'm not the most talented. I've had to work on speaking clearly. I was a kid who stuttered and couldn't speak up. I have crippling anxiety. I often feel as though I have nothing to share and nothing that's worthwhile. But every week I show up because I know I will get better as long as I keep at it. It just takes time and practice. Okay, the eighth thing I have learned. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. This one I learned the hard way. Many of you know the story of how this podcast came to be. I had a big collaborative partnership all set to go, which had been months in the making. I'd created the workflow for the entire project and marketing materials, written copy, everything. The whole project ready to launch. And the other brand pulled out last minute. This was a big campaign and I had put all of my focus into this for months. So when it fell through, I had nothing else in the works. What I have learned is this, collaboration is so important, but you always have to have other projects on the go because life happens. You can't control anyone else, people's lives, things come up, right? And you can only control your effort and your output. So be an excellent partner when you team up, because trust me, word gets out otherwise. But always have things on the go that are 100% in your control. This was a shitty lesson, but it led me to start this show because I needed an outlet that was 100% up to me. Now I have something that I have full creative control over and publishing abilities are, that's all on me. I have incredible guests on the show and I've been honored to share this space with some powerhouse businesswomen. But if something comes up, I can go it alone. I can show up and I can record something. The ninth thing I have learned is this rejection is part of it. And a side note to that, it never not hurts. But you do get used to managing it. I've talked a lot about imposter syndrome on the show. And every time I get rejected, this triggers my imposter syndrome. But no, just means no, not now. And you have to remember this, unless someone tells you directly why they rejected you, You will never know, and it's none of your business. It could be a million things, and it is not your job to figure it out. If you can get feedback, that's amazing, but even that feedback might not be the real reason. So take it with a grain of salt and move on to the next thing. I really struggle with taking things personally. I have very thin skin, and when I hurt, I usually cry, or it'll just be all over my face, and I'm very hurt but i've learned to let myself feel it because i can't not i'm not able to just stuff it away i have to just feel it and you can feel the pain of rejection and then move on it never not hurts but you will be able to get up quicker the more you endure it and you have to be willing to put yourself in positions where you're going to get rejected it's it's a vulnerable thing to be willing to put yourself out there but you remember that, um, this is a little off topic, I have it somewhere, but um, there was that Teddy Roosevelt speech that Brene Brown quoted on her TED Talk, uh, the, man in the, Re- in, the Man in the Arena, and I have it here because I always keep it close. So, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how s- the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. I just remind myself of that all the time, because the people that are criticizing you or rejecting you, or maybe derailing you in in whatever capacity that you're coming across people, you have to remember the source. You have to remember, are these people in the arena? Because that's how you can know if their input is valuable to you. I've had a lot of people critique what I'm doing, and a lot of these people are folks that are not willing to put themselves out there, but they're critiquing me after going after my dreams kind of thing. So you just have to always remember the source and really take to heart the people who you know want the best for you and those who are willing to get in the arena with you. Okay. I'm sorry, my voice is starting to crack. (laughs) So the last lesson, and it's not really the last one, because I honestly, I had such a hard time narrowing it down to only 10. But what I chose as the last and 10th lesson is this. Success is not inevitable. But failure is. You are going to fail. I mean, I launched, I launched a whole podcast about it. (laughs) You're going to stumble, fuck up, make huge mistakes. I once spent a hundred thousand dollars on my business and made eighty thousand. That's a pretty big failure, but I haven't done that since, and I learned a lot from that twenty thousand dollar loss. That's just one of the thousands of failures that I've had over the last decade. But no failure sticks unless you stop, and. I don't even mean stopping building something. I mean, the only true failure is not trying. When you just give up on life, on being open, vulnerable, curious, compassionate. Business is the avenue I have chosen to express my heart, my sensitiveness to the world. It's where I am most valuable, creative, and alive. I have sacrificed so much to build my brand, but I've gained the world. I'm a better version of myself because I decided to put myself through this incredibly difficult journey. I was a weirdo little island kid who stuttered and couldn't stand up for themselves. I was pushed around and down, told I'd never be successful, dealt with debilitating mental illness, dropped out of high school, lived alone, worked entry level jobs for a decade, eventually had a complete mental breakdown, and then built a business in the fashion industry, an industry that values glamour of all things. I am still the least likely person to have ended up in this industry. But I vote for myself and I'm voting for you. You can create your own life. You have to take responsibility. You will have to sacrifice. You will have to be uncomfortable. But it is up to you. You are the one if you choose yourself. Thank you so much for being here. I really hope this episode gave you a boost of encouragement to follow your own path, even if it's a little unruly or has a few more weeds than you expected. I would love if you could share this with somebody important to you. We never know who needs a boost. If you'd like to learn more, you can find me at www.leayard.com, And if you want to see a little more behind the scenes, you can connect with me on Instagram at leayard. And now I will leave you with this. We all have more in common than we do not. Be kind when you can, judge less, less often, and never ever underestimate your own potential. I'll see you next week.